Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm Ashley K. Smalls. Uh, today we have Collider Senior TV Editor and Author. Carly Lane. Hi. Hi, Carly. It's Carly's first time back in like, I, oh God, a fucking long time. I don't even know how long. Yeah, probably <laughs> since pre-pandemic, at least. God, Yeah. <laughs> And Carly, as I feel like I say this all the time, but Carly is one of the few folks who also recorded the podcast with me when it was recording out of my kitchen in Brooklyn. <laughs> yep. This is like the genesis, the genesis days of Slayer Fest. Yeah, when we all had to like huddle around two microphones. I remember that so vividly. Um, and we also have Slayer Fest 98 editor and host of Why Are We Like This, a Heartstopper podcast. Ashley Hullett. Hi. Hello. All right. So I made the mistake of having two Ashleys in the same episode, <laughs> but we do this with Ian Martin all the time. I feel like it throws me off, but like I get there. Um. So yeah, we're here to talk the Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special, which I I wasn't sure how I would feel. I felt, I'm not going to lie. So we've been going through season three for the Patreon. Season three wasn't a full hit for me, but it still, I still loved it, but I didn't love it as much as the previous two. But, like, I fucking love this. Um, I thought this was, like, really enjoyable, really fun, and also really, like, genuinely funny. Ashley, what'd you think? Ashley K. Smalls, what'd you think? Because <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was cute for the special. Um, mm. I don't know. My feelings for Harley Quinn are... Like, I normally is... My, my takeaway is basically I think it's a great um, show. But, like, that writing from the first season... Yeah. Definitely, uh, like... I mean, it's not a show that you should take seriously to begin with, obviously. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it, I, I do feel like, I don't know, like, they struggle to write a happy Harley Quinn, so they have to, like, uh, make up for that by making her very insecure. Not that there aren't times in the comics when she is, but it's just very frustrating that they made her this way when she's in a happy relationship, if that makes sense. I don't know. My feelings about it are kind of all over the place. But um, but I, I did think this special was really cute. I mean, that that is fair. That is a fair critique. Uh, Carly, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... I will say I reviewed it for Collider. Um, so mm-hmm. it was fun to get to kind of the, the downside of doing that though, is that you have to watch it and then you can't talk to anybody else about it so, for a couple of days. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm able to actually talk to other people about it that have now seen it. I do think my, I mean, I loved it overall. I think it's one of those times where I'm like, it's proof that comic book characters are allowed to be horny. Um, like no matter what they say about how superheroes can't have sex but um (laughs) i do think that the show really lends itself to the you know half hour 23 minute format and so there were times i felt like with this being sort of a double episode i think it was about 45 minutes overall you could tell where some of the more weak uh some of the weaker storytelling elements were like there were storylines in this i kind of didn't care about as much as harley and ivy um yeah and so the length overall kind of made that more apparent in a lot of ways, but like w- overall, I mean, I'm never going to complain about having more of the show. Cause I think one of the things that's been a little tenuous is how this show has fared where, while we've seen other HBO max shows get canceled, you know, doom patrol and Titans are having their last season yeah. as we speak mm-hmm. pretty much. And so I think there's always been a little bit of concern and f- especially with fans of this show, like what is the fate of Harley Quinn going to be? And so far we've only been reassured that we're going to get another season. So I think it was nice for them to drop something kind of in the lull between to yeah. give us a little reassurance. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Overall, I liked it. I think, 
I think for me, it's always worked best as like that 23 minute uh, format. So when you kind of stretch it out a little bit longer, it's easy to see like the weaker elements to mm. some of the comedy. Like I honestly didn't really care about Clayface falling in love with yeah. his butt for, you yeah. know, as long as we got it, it was kind of, it was one of those things that was just not as interesting to me. And every time we cut to, to him, it was like, can we go back to Harley and Ivy, please? Um, but yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed it though. It was just, it, there were a lot of laugh out loud moments and I'm kind of mad yeah. that some of the cameos got spoiled in advance. Um, Cause yes, I think it would have yes. been really fun if people had gotten to go in and find out about like Brett Goldstein or Quinta Brunson unspoiled. Yeah. Um, I was a little mad when I saw, you know, news outlets posting that stuff right before the episode premiere. I'm like, can you guys just, <laughs> you know what? The, the Quinta, the Quinta, the Quinta cameo really bummed me that that wasn't a surprise because I didn't realize it was just a cameo. And because I had seen that scene on Twitter, I thought, like Hawkgirl and Hawkeye were like in the episode. I was like, oh, cool. That's like one of their scenes. So they're going to be in a bunch. And then it was like, oh no, Twitter just showed me the one scene they were in. (laughs) Ashley, Ash, what do you think? (laughs) I'm definitely in the same boat as you where season, the season was just like a little bit harder for me to get through. Mm. I won't say harder. I just did it slower than I did with the first two. Yeah. Um, But this, I really loved this special. I, laughed so hard. <laughs> um, it was really good. But I, I definitely agree with Carly that it was a bit long. They could have shaved some of that off. I love the Bane storyline. <laughs> yes. Same. So I'm like, less Clayface, more Harley and Ivy and Bane, please. <laughs> but overall, I freaking loved it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my like biggest critique is like, eh, we don't need the Clayface story. But so the episode opens with which I love a Superman and Lois Lane confessional. And like, does anyone know is are like the opening credits were definitely a nod to Frasier, right? I think so. I mean, it, I, I think they've done the Frasier thing before on the show. I know that the, like the couple confessionals were supposed to be a when Harry met Sally uh, okay. reference. Cause that's something that that movie uses is like couple interviews. And I kind of liked that they did that here with just various superhero couples i thought that was super cute because they do the same thing in when harry met sally the last interview spoiler for anyone that hasn't seen the movie the last (laughs) interview is meg ryan and billy crystal but um yeah i thought it was a fun framing device especially because you know i think you only have so much time to spend with some of these characters and so even just getting the cameos of like the other established couples that are in the dc universe was really fun at least animated yeah yeah, I I found them like really fun and like I guess we can talk about the confessionals at the top here. Um Ashley, so we're gonna call editor Ashley Ash and <laughs> Ashley K Smalls Ashley. <laughs> we'll call by whatever one's display name is. Um Ashley, what did you think of the confessionals? They were a cute addition to it, you yeah. know. Um it was a nice like uh I hate referencing Mr. and Mrs. Smith because of the actor who's in it and his allegations against them. Yeah, yeah. You know, when they did the the confessionals in between them, like, fighting. I don't know if you guys remember that, but, like... I don't remember that. It's like they're in therapy. Yeah. yeah. So basically, they're fighting each other for half the movie, then they team up to finally take down the the whoever was chasing after them. And in between scenes of all of that, we get this, like, therapy session of them, like, talking about... So, like, yeah. But I just say that to say it was a cute way to, like, show the many different relationships in, in D.C., 
of course the cameos and like the like the characters who we don't often like get to see even though harley quinn has done a good job of like having those characters throughout the the series i thought it was like a really cute nod i honestly would have preferred more of that over like the clayface thing yeah you know because there are other characters with like really good relationships like i don't know catwoman breaking batman out for like a night or something like that would i would have even preferred if they needed yeah. to throw something in mm-hmm. there <laughs> you know um like but I thought it was a really cute nod. Uh, Tyler James Williams definitely needs to like go, go into voice acting. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically he is, but like I need him to kind of do that full time. I wish we had gotten more Quinta in that. Mm-hmm. It was just going to be one scene because she just basically like repeated what he said. And I got why they did that because like his, his voice was the more distinct of the two. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to give it to us, then, you know, you gotta, <laughs> we got to figure out a way to get them both. But yeah, it was like a cute, basically like, Little, I feel like all of them were no more than thirty seconds of all of, of each couple or whatever. It was a cute thing to like add in uh, to the main story between Harley and Ivy. Yeah, I I agree. Um, Ash, what'd you think of them? Yeah, everything that Ashley just said, and also like it's a really cute way to like break up the parts of the episode. Yeah. So I really enjoyed how it added to the flow of the episode. You know, I was gonna say like weirdly, it's weird to say that like these added to the flow, but they did. It, like, didn't stop the episodes. I felt they, like, made them more fun. Um, And I gotta say, I feel like the Hawkeye one was my favorite, but then my second favorite was the fucking Dark Side one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And was that supposed to be Melania, or was it just supposed to be, like, generic Republican woman? I feel like it was supposed to be Melania. Right? (laughs) I definitely referred her as Melania in my notes. Yeah. Um. And I just like that he was like, I saw her from across the room at the Republican convention and fell in love with her cold, dead eyes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I like that the Enchantress and Killer Croc one when she's like, I had literally just been to hell and back. I was summoning a succubus. Like, <laughs> that shit, I think this like cartoon always does really well is like mixing the comic book with like the fucking silly. Yeah. Carly, you are a romance author, so I'm curious. <laughs> Does shit like that work for you in like the, what they're going for? Does it like work for you? I mean, I think in terms of what the show tries to do, I will say I've always appreciated that the showrunners, I know it's going to be a new showrunner for this new season, but the guys who have been running the show up until a point, the the woman who's taking over, I think she's been a writer and and has been with the show, but I know that Justin Halpern and Patrick Schumacher have always kind of got on the record as saying that they never want to break up Harley and Ivy now that they're together, like they're never going to do that breakup for the sake of drama thing, which as someone who writes about romance and also writes about television, it's one of my least favorite things that television does. I get that like for the purposes of long form storytelling, you need to insert drama to keep people watching and keep people interested. But it's one of my least favorite things is when you have a couple and they're pretty much stable for all intents and purposes. And then they throw a, really dumb story wrench into the mix and break them up for the sake of drama. Yeah. <laughs> Basically yeah. when I think the more interesting thing to do is always to keep them together, but g- give them either a thing to tackle as a couple or kind of something that maybe it doesn't, it's not a deal breaker, but it kind of tests them. And I think that was one of the things that I was glad to see in the Valentine's special is that even though like we know that Harley and Ivy aren't going to break up, but their relationship is still kind of overall in the beginning stages. And they also are very two different personalities. So it makes sense that 
they wouldn't always see eye to eye when it comes to like what to do for Valentine's Day. And I think I think it was telling that they made a point to say Harley's still a little messed up from being with Joker in the sense that like she felt like she had to do more for Valentine's Day because that's what that's what was expected of her from her old relationship. And she still carried a lot of that instinct. So I thought that that was an interesting way to introduce conflict in a way that felt believable as opposed to just, well, they're fighting, but it doesn't make any sense why they're fighting. It's like, oh, no, she's bringing this kind of past junk that she has from what was a toxic relationship. Um, And even though she's in a better one now, it's like there's just times I think it the show does this thing where she is acting progressively more and more ridiculous for the sake of comedy, like stealing Wonder Woman's lasso of truth and orchestrating this huge dramatic, you know, thing that ends up with like the guy getting chopped up by the uh, helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's ridiculous and it's so over the top. But then I think the show's always been really good at kind of narrowing in on the really human reasons for why she's motivated to do that and then also letting her and ivy finally sit down and talk about it i think is the thing that i've always liked like even though even though they're having a like come to jesus moment in the middle of a court of owls orgy they're still talking about (laughs) like they're, they're having one of the more vulnerable and emotional moments of the whole show and i think that was a thing that i liked that they've done before that they did again was like the two of them finally just okay breathe let's talk about what's really going on here (laughs) so that was a nice that was a nice thing that they i kind of liked that they did again yeah i go back and forth with that because yeah i do like that they have said we're not going to break them up so like that's not like a worry i sometimes i'm like but do they always need to be fighting um and then sometimes i relate to harley's like insecurity like unhingedness because also that is me um so like i'm always torn between like Can she just relax? And then also being like, well, I can't. So I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because there was a little bit of me that was like, dude, Ivy's fine. Like Ivy's not, she would have been totally fine if they like binged whatever show she wanted to watch and then like fucked and went to bed. Like that's all Ivy really wanted. And like, you know, Ivy even says like, I went out because I was listening to you and I listened. So I went out like that was for you. That wasn't for me. And it, Almost reminds me of like this. I Ashley has to hear Buffy references all the time. Um, it reminds me of in Buffy when Willow and Oz have like their breakup for a minute. And then she's like, no, but I want you to talk to me. And he's like, actually, I told you I needed space and you want me to forgive you for you, not for me. And that's not my problem. And that like Harley does a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like I could see I did see some tweets saying they didn't like what Harley did in the special. I don't know. Anyone feel that way? I think that, like, the entire journey that they go on in this episode tracks. And so, like, it didn't bother me, per se. Mm, Yeah. I think that's what it is. It does track for me. I think the show explains her after the fact. So it's almost like she does these really ridiculous things. But also, to your point, Ian, like, she's doing them because she's trying to be a good girlfriend and not thinking about... Mm -hmm. she's, She's trying to do it for herself. And to feel yeah. good about doing something for Ivy, but she's not thinking about what Ivy would what would actually make Ivy happy. It's more like, oh, what can I do to make her happy? It's not what does she need from me? So she has yeah. to kind of like rewire her brain a little bit, which again I think is still and and they have that conversation about how she admits that Joker always wanted things, you know, I always felt like I had to make things perfect. 
so I think it's the whole, like, you have to unlearn, you know, things from a past relationship that are bad. But also, I think with something like this, when you see that their relationship has these kind of early hiccups, like, hopefully, this is a sign that by the time the new season comes around, they're going to kind of be moving past the whole, like, miscommunication thing, which is another thing that bothers me. Like, I think that this might have just been a springboard to showing that they're even stronger by the time, like, the actual show comes back, if that makes sense. That makes sense. I could see that. Ashley, what'd you think? Um, I guess they're really the same. You know, it's like, I guess that's kind of what I feel season three. I guess this is technically part of season three, but that's, like, what the point of it is supposed to be, of, like, okay, season one... She's dealing with trying to prove she's just as good a villain as Joker. Season two, she's realizing, oh, wait, this best friend here who I actually am deeply in love with um, is actually who I should be focusing my energy on. Season three, they have an actual relationship, but she's very insecure. And it makes sense because she was in a toxic relationship for way too, for, you know, too long. Yeah. And it's like, I guess now I'm a little like at the place of like, is like, are they still trying to portray, you know, Harley shaking this off? Or are they trying to use it for the, for the sake of comedic relief? It's, it's understandable. I'm not trying to act like, you know, like, I, I guess in a in the nicest way possible, I'm trying to, like, say I'm ready to get ready to get to a place of, like, y'all being two badasses who can, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Gotham. And I'm just very much, like, I, I gave them the season three to do, to to get the, the kinks out. I hope I'm not coming across insensitive of, like, no. you know, like, it's really where I'm at with it is because it's just, like, yeah. like, you could see genuine ecstatic enthusiasm from Ivy about, you right. like, killed this evil uh, CEO, you know, like, <laughs> and, you, and and it still just wasn't, you know, it's enough. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's this, this real attention of like, it's, it's really wasn't a matter of like, oh no, I can tell she didn't really like this and which is why I'm upset. It was like, it wasn't good enough that she, that Ivy liked it so much for her. It was like, it needs to be this, I, I need this specific feeling from this sort of like a high from how happy she is or something like that, that maybe is still attached to her relationship with Joker or something like that, because it yeah. wasn't until he was absolutely satisfied that she got to be two or that she ever got peace or something like that. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It just, it gets a little like, like, like irritating. And I don't, it, it starts, it stops being the comedic relief, I guess, that they want it to be, to mm-hmm. be. Um, Cause then it starts to honestly just be sad. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm explaining this properly. Cause I don't want to ignore the fact where her, the relationship that she was in was very much um, abusive. So right. it's just like, I just want to know like how, can we mitigate the the trauma yeah. that comes with that and working through it when you're in a new relationship while still showing some sort of, I guess really it's like, I don't feel it progressing. I guess this may, may be my real big issue. I don't see her as a character progressing. I guess my fear is that she's so, that they're so attached to having this bit of insecurity for the sake of comedy that we're never going to get past it because they feel like if we portray her in an actual healthy relationship, then where's the comedy supposed to get in? Maybe I, I think that's my underlying Mm-hmm. Uh, fear of it all. Um, you know, uh, Carly, or one of you mentioned earlier, like, I do, I think a lot about, like, the, like, forcing a breakup, forcing an issue thing when it comes to The Office, which, I'm sorry to make an Office reference, but, like, I always, I don't know if any of you, like, fully watched The Office, but at the end, Pam and Jim and Pam, who are, like, the couple of the series, blah, 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 it's like they kind of break up for a few episodes, and I remember watching it live and being like, wait, what? And then that was stupid. And like, I know a lot of shows just feel that that's like what they need to do. 
So again, I am glad that they're not breaking up. But yeah, sometimes, I don't know, Carly, you are well-versed in romance. <laughs> Give us your hot take on this. <laughs> I mean, I I also partly agree with Ashley's perspective because I think there should be room for character growth alongside relationship growth. And Harley's a character that we've definitely seen not just undergo an evolution on this show, but like across DC media. I mean, in the comics, mm-hmm. she's getting her own solo series all the time. Like they've really broken her up from Joker pretty much everywhere, um, yeah. which is great. I love it. <laughs> I don't, I don't read all the <laughs> comics, but it's always great when I see her just thriving. Yeah. But I think to Ashley's point, like there also comes a point where how long is she going to need kind of this validation from Ivy rather than just trusting the trusting what their relationship is. And so that's where I kind of feel like my hope is that season four is going to sort of write the ship in terms of her not necessarily needing or craving that kind of validation from Ivy, but trusting that their relationship is strong enough that she doesn't need to do that, you know, kind yeah. of getting rid of that tendency to second guess things or feel like she's not good enough. So that's, I think it's more just, you know, and who knows, maybe the, the Valentine special was just kind of a, like one-off isolated story type thing. Um, I'll just be curious to see how things go in season four. Cause I, cause I would be curious if, you know, if they're going to keep doing this recycling bit of Harley kind of bending over backwards and doing more and more outlandishly ridiculous things when she kind of needs a little bit more chill. And also, you know, it could also be that the fact that the that last season sets up them to be in different spheres now with her yeah. working with the bat family and Ivy doing, I don't know if she's doing like league of villain stuff or yeah. whatever um, could be a good thing. <laughs> Let Harley focus some more of her like crazy energy elsewhere. And then that way she can just like <laughs> come home to Ivy at the end of the day and, you know, have that be her steady place as opposed to kind of just inserting like ridiculous antics yeah. <laughs> sometimes. No, I mean, I get that. And I I think it's just that I do trust these writers mm-hmm. because I do like fully get everyone's like critique of that. Yeah, I don't know. I It like bothers me a little bit, but I also still love the show. And like, it's still, even when I'm like, oh, I didn't love that plot line. I still enjoy like watching it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it's a such an enjoyable viewing that like, and I the thing I do again appreciate is like, we get that beat later on when Ivy does get mad at her and like after, and she has every right to, I felt upset for Ivy when Mama Macaroni's gets demolished. Oh my God, I was like, yes. her favorite place. Um, and like, I like that Ivy is like, you didn't fucking listen. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And like freaks out on her. And then we do, I, I like wrote these quotes down. I love this. <laughs> Harley says something like, and now I'm looking for my notes, but she says something like, I'm not ready to accept ruining Valentine's Day. So right now I'm going to concentrate on taking down Bane. And Ivy's like, well, at least she's self-aware. And then is like, Harley, I'm coming. And still is like helping her. Like Ivy isn't like, I'm leaving, I'm going. It's like, all right, I'm mad at you, but also we need to do this thing and handle giant Bane. I do like the way their fights go like that, where it's like, you know, towards the end of season three, I kept having to remind myself, oh, the writers said they're not going to break up. Because I kept thinking, shit, does this going to lead to them breaking up? And then I'd be like, no, they said explicitly that's not what it's doing. So I like that we can navigate. We can navigate a like, you know, Harley did fuck up a lot. Like she didn't just fuck up. She got Ivy's favorite restaurant demolished, the, the town. They now have to save Gotham. And like, 
Ivy's allowed to be mad, but it not be, well, now they're going to break up. Right. Because sometimes people do get a little precious about ships, right? And it's like, it has to be 100% pure, 100% this, but like they're allowed to be a little messy and still be in love. I think that's like a good thing. Yeah. And it's more realistic. Yes. I also want to talk, I do love, did we all know, I only knew this when I viewed it this afternoon, that John Stamos voices Etrigan, the demon. I did not know that. In my- I did not. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I saw his name on something and I was like, wait a minute, who the hell does he voice? And that he voices the demon. And I very much appreciate having like this like really hot, like very well-known hot man play like the demon in the Valentine's Day special. <laughs> um also i like that he rhymes like i like when harley's like this would be way less creepy if you didn't rhyme everything yeah she's like it's like 40 percent more creepy that you make it rhyme (laughs) and i like his rhyme with bane he's like men are from mars women are from venus let me guess you want a bigger penis (laughs) it's like a very good rhyme so i guess let's talk a little bit about bane because while i agree with everyone clayface's story was definitely the like weakest link I did love the Bane story. Like, uh, Carly, what'd you feel about the Bane story? (laughs) I kind of hope that we get more with him trying to have a relationship with a professional dominatrix. Yes. (laughs) I I said in my review, I was like, can we please, this is such a really, I mean, it's a hilarious meet cute, first of all, because she mistakes his whole outfit for bondage (laughs) gear. And then he gets invited into this house. I mean, it was just funny hearing my husband watch this from the other room a couple days ago <laughs> because he was chuckling about the whole, like, her trying to get Bane to insult this guy's dick and then Bane being, like, not sure how to how to, degra- yeah. how to degrade him. Like, he didn't understand. <laughs> but it was really sweet. Like, unexpectedly sweet in spite of the circumstances that they meet under. And then, you know, obviously what happens is he's trying to do something because he thinks he's inadequate in a certain department right. and it backfires incredibly. But yeah, it was, so, there was something surprisingly sweet about it. And I was like, I kind of hope that he has a girlfriend in season four. Who's a, who's a Dom. Like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of hope we do see Betty again. Like I hope, and I love Casey Wilson. She's from happy ending. She voices her. She's like always very charming. And I, I mean, the show is always really good about this, but I like that the joke is never, like, it's not a sex worker joke. Mm-hmm. It's a Bane is, feels awkward doing this mm-hmm. joke, which is like, yeah, that's understandable. He's never done this before, so he would be weird about it. Um, She's just like super cool with him immediately, very charming. And that I feel like that also is a reason why Bane is so thrown off is because she is very charming and confident, like upfront immediately with him and is very like flirty. And he's yeah. not used to that, right? Yeah. I also just like love Bane. The way they do Bane in this <laughs> is just so good. <laughs> I, he's always enjoyable to watch. Like I would, I, I sometimes I think and laugh about when Ivy's first offered in season three, when they offer her injustice league or whatever. And she's like, all right, but I don't want to deal with Bane. And he's like, I'll send him to one of the offices. (laughs) Cause like Bane is a kind of adult baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and the, the, the plot of, I was trying to think of how to word this. I don't know if someone could do it better. The plot of Bane getting gigantic and fucking buildings. <laughs> it like there's there's a world in which it comes off as like a very bad family guy bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like but I do think it worked here. I don't know. Was it was it too much for any of you? No, I loved it. <laughs> I love that he's like such a big dum dum, but he's like a stickler for proper grammar use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I do love. We get little like more of. We get more of Bane's like personality here mm-hmm. than we normally would. Uh, Ashley, what do you think of the Bane story in this? So I love traditional Bane, and so that puts me at odds sometimes with the way in which Harley Quinn portrays him. But for the sake of the show, I think it works really well. You know, I, I, I am hoping that they keep his the keep the, the dominatrix in for future mm. like i hope they make that an actual like thing and not a one-off of the special because i think it gives him a little bit more like death and in, in, instead of like this woe is me pathetic pity party only because mm. like since we have clayface basically doing that like, <laughs> yeah. we don't need two characters doing it so since uh since we're doing that like at least let him have some sort of personality since like he, he played a pretty big part in season three as well. So it's not like he's a character we see like come and go. Um, yeah. So with that being said, like at least allow him to have like something going on with him. That's not just being insecure as well. But for the most part, I liked that, that side, that side story. Like I felt like it worked extremely well. Like, of course you would think he's a dominatrix because of the way that he's dressed. <laughs> and of course a dominatrix would be someone who probably would get along with him pretty well. So yeah. <laughs> like, I just feel like it made, it made like complete sense. This was like an area where I feel like as ridiculous as the story was, it did actually still make sense in terms of the whole penis size thing <laughs> and like him being like eight feet tall. And, <laughs> and then I feel like it intertwined it, like the whole point of a side story or more often than not, what you want with the side story is that somehow, some way it can link up with the main story. And so him being brought in with the whole, Everyone wanting to fuck each other. Hey, this isn't the end of the world. Oh, wait, Bane is is 300 feet tall. Now it is. Um, I feel like that worked really well. And then the whole Brett Goldstein cameo. Like, it, like I love when when the side story and the main stories can come together like that to give us a good ending. So, like, I feel like that, that might be one of the reasons why we kind of were irritated with the Clayface thing. Because it was like, we need to give him something to do so that he can show up randomly in the end when we need him. But, yeah, like, and also nod to the Batman's crime alley storyline um in terms of well this is this is deterring from the bane thing but like the only thing that they kind of did right with the clayface thing was the nod to the crime alley uh <laughs> story of of batman with captain boomerang <laughs> which just didn't make sense because if like, i mean if you are a captain boomerang fa- fan then you know power to you but it was like oh, oh my gosh i don't even know how to get into it without doing a whole court a, a comic book thing but anyway <laughs> i get like that nod as well <laughs> just like of all people to try and yes. take down Clayface, why would you? <laughs> and at least let him use a boomerang with some effects. Like really, anyway. <laughs> I I do sometimes. I'm like, I, I guess the with Clayface, it's just always supposed to be that he kind of is like an idiot because he doesn't realize his own. Like he easily could have swashed Captain Boomerang. Like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> sir, like you, <laughs> like. <laughs> but I guess that's the whole point of the show is that like, you know, uh, for the sake of their, of, of the silliness that is with the show, they have to suspend yeah. um, belief. Um, it honestly feels like the only person in the show half the time who remembers that they actually have powers is Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> because like <laughs> everyone else is just navigating it, forgetting like, you know, you're not human, right? You know that you can just m- immediately look like Captain Boomerang right now in this instant and <laughs> have me confused. But anyways. um yeah i did think that was like a weird choice and like you know it does track for for clayface but eh, i didn't really like clayface clayface's like plot in this till the end like i did like him turning into the giant 
Pickles. <laughs> and we also get like, I know we're jumping all over the place, but I at the end, the thing that made me laugh, the Clayface moment that made me laugh the most is when Harley's like, they see him there huddled crying and she's like, hey, quick cash question. Could you turn into a giant Brett Goldstein and recite to Bane all of his turnoffs so he stops being horny? And he says... First of all, that is not a quick question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that really got me. But also I love that Clayface, it's so this is a callback to I, I don't even like I wouldn't have gotten this unless uh when we did our Patreon recording for it, he has like the Stanislavski way is like an acting thing, right? And when he's like, I Stanov I would Stanislavski to do it. <laughs> um which, God, I can't even say that. Uh, but that did make me laugh. So I was like, oh, that's the acting book that he had in, like, I think it's, like, what, Ash, season one? I think it's, or, or maybe early season two, but I think it was season one. Yeah. Um, and I love that shit. Love a callback. Um, also, I want to talk about Brett Goldstein because I don't watch Ted Lasso, but I do know who he is because he's fucking hot. Um, also, for the Marvel fans, he's he's casted to play Hercules. He was in the Love You're right. Yes. Yes. I forgot about that. So now he's in both. Um, yeah, Ashley, what do you think of his his like role in this? Um, it was interesting because <laughs> 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 um, I mean, I mean, personally, when I think Brett Goldstein, I'm not thinking Valentine's Day. Uh, you know, have in uh, But anyways, um, <laughs> but I, I think he was. I mean, he he played the role really well. I def I like the ending. And I also loved Ivy's line about like they're all lining up to see some guy <laughs> polish his Emmy award. Yes, like, they deserve to, to <laughs> get upside the head or something. It's a good take on like celebrity. I mean, I probably shouldn't be speaking on that because I just spent uh, my life savings to see Beyonce. But <laughs> you know, it's a good take on uh, the distraction of like celebrity and stuff like that. But I mean, overall, like good cross crossover event. Like you said, he's now one of the people who can say that they're in the MCU and DC. So yeah, yeah. that's always a, that's always a win for me. And then I guess also like the way in which they're making pop culture, like with with so many like actual celebrities voicing some of the characters to to have like an actual celebrity play himself. Because I didn't know about the John Stamos thing. And then now I have to go and see how many other cameos they were because I feel like that's obviously not the only one because we know of Quentin and Tyler. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm like curious to see who else is in here that we just aren't aware of. Um, but you know, I don't know because it's just like I don't think Valentine's Day when I think Brett Goldstein. So, but kudos to them for being able to like to be able to to do that. But, you <laughs> know, I have a good number of friends who have a crush on him, but I'm not a Ted Lasso fan, so I don't know. All I know is that it has something to do with soccer. That's all I got for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ash, I loved it um, because he is so hot, and like the fact that he just like comes out and takes his shirt off and starts reading Lord Byron. I was like, okay, maybe I might pay money for that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I do really love his character on Ted Lasso. Roy Kent is like so fucking hot, and he's like the like angry mask guy that's like a big softy inside oh we love that yeah as i was like texting him like ian you would be in love with this character if you <laughs> watch the show <laughs> um but i really liked it and i liked i loved that bane was like <laughs> just like trying his hardest to get to him so he could fuck him <laughs> He's like, i'm gonna make you feel like you've been fucked by lightning yeah. <laughs> i love that that like that's so specific and it's like it's not even mean but like it does yeah. sound good <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, Carly, how did his like cameo work for you? I mean, I feel like if anything, it's proof that the writers of the show just must be very online. Because I would be curious if if it, they always had Brett Goldstein in mind, or if it was kind of like we just think we need to have like a thirst object. Yeah, a, you know, yeah. a celebrity a cameo thirst object. Um, and also, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that phone call to Brett Goldstein. Yes. Like, we want you to be, we want you to play yourself in Harley Quinn. You're doing a one man show, and also Bane's trying to fuck you for like <laughs> ten minutes. But, and then wait, also that at the end we want you to quote fucking Wandavision. Oh, like, right. That's right. They did exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the way and i was i was mad that that was spoiled for me too like the day it came out people i saw that like all over twitter because it also tracks for like right before that when poison ivy like does the like vampire diaries reference right mm-hmm. the ian summerhalder nina dobrev <laughs> breakup thank god <laughs> <laughs> that is so specific like i didn't even know that and i was like is that real and then i like looked up and that is real um and i feel like that's like I, Ash and Carly, that's like all of us when we talk Buffy on this podcast, being like, oh, the best acting yet is like whatever, <laughs> whatever season of Buffy. Um, so I really liked that he was, she kind of knew like, oh, let me get him with a pop culture reference. That'll get him to help. And it mm. worked. But yeah, Ashley, did you, did you know that that WandaVision beat was coming? Because I did, it's but I still That got spoiled for me on Twitter. Yeah. Um, because before I had agreed to do the um, show, I, my plan was to watch it for Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, honestly, at this point, I would have had to watch it anyways because Twitter said "fuck you." Um, <laughs> but yeah, it got it got spoiled for me because it's like I don't always like when it comes down to like 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 I already have everything Ant Man related muted because yeah. my my Twitter time I could give two shits. But like, I don't think to like have to mute everything that's news com- that's new coming out. Yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, we're just in this place where people stay up till 12.01 for the minute the episode goes live and starts making taking screenshots and, and gifts. And it's like, fuck, can I, can, can we even have 24 hours? But yeah, no, it got spoiled for me uh, real quick and real early. Um, but it was a cute nod. Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you really pay attention to it, like I'm just going to say pay attention, but like there's di- these different like references to kind of all these things that are like, whether it's the, the couples uh, in therapy, well, I shouldn't say therapy, but like the couples, like, sort of documentary scenes and then the the like random ass pop culture references and then this or even just putting in in somebody you know uh brett goldstein who's clearly everyone's like heartthrob or favorite you know person <laughs> to see like they've done this they've intertwined the harley quinn story with these special like valentine's day treats i guess you can say for uh even your like casual fan viewer and so for that alone you know i, I give them you know a round of applause on that like the nerdy, the nerd in me would still have loved like maybe some more like direct DC related references, but I feel like the pop culture uh, stuff is more so like for people who are just watching Harley Quinn show because it's a good show versus like yeah. I need to see anything with these characters because I grew up with them. I I some I can see that because sometimes this does. Um, I said this in one of the Patreon episodes that the even like the Mama Macaroni's like reoccurring bit sometimes that it feels a little which I love I don't say this as a bad thing like Seinfeld or Broad City and I do like that they like lean into the sitcominess but we haven't seen Etrigan before have we on the cartoon I feel like this is the first time we saw I don't know but I like seeing I like them bringing in more characters that was like that is a thing I will say about season three that I did like was like getting more of Batgirl, getting more of Nightwing. Like, well, they introduced Nightwing, but I like giving us more characters in the DC universe in this, but especially because 
I just did like my Batman the Animated Series binge rewatch. And like now I'm like very into Harley Quinn as like an adult sequel series to the original Batman the Animated Series cartoon. Because it does feel in the same vein sometimes. Did any of you watch that? I feel like, Ashley, you probably did, right? Yeah. But I also, Harley Quinn is one, one of those shows I definitely have to do a rewatch of. Because mm. um, what I do is like, I'll wait till the entire season airs. Yeah. And then watch all the episodes at one time. And then time passes. And then it's like, th- this is honestly an argument also for why week to week is probably better. Because yes, like, yes. it seeps in. But I cheat and I wait until everything is out. And then I... And then I watch everything, so I need to rewatch. That is why I do kind of like the weekly release schedule, because I definitely, if I binge a show over a weekend, I can remember if I liked it or didn't like it, but there's not... Yeah, like those moments of of having yeah. to think about that thing that happened last week, so yeah. it stays with you much longer, versus you watched everything in one weekend, and you remembered the big stuff, but then the little stuff that happened, you're like, did right. it happen, did it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like... I I mean, I, we bring this up a lot, but that's what made WandaVision so great because yeah. it wouldn't have been as such a, it, I like, I still would have loved it, but it wouldn't have been as fun an experience yeah, if it had been like. Yeah, a small moment in WandaVision I don't remember because yeah. I had to, I had to go, we had to go over shit yeah. all the time to see if it was Mephisto or not. So <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget. I feel like anytime someone even says Mephisto, I get like a little twitch or I'm like, Ugh. God, <laughs> when he finally sh- when he finally shows up, you're gonna hear a theater full of groans. Like I know, <laughs> thanks uh, for joining us. I will get like a like severe nosebleed when he finally shows up. <laughs> um, and you know, there's like a small. Speaking of small moments, there is a small moment at the beginning of this that I like, where we see. And I mean, this was in the trailer, but I do like that we see that Catwoman brought Batman chocolates mm-hmm. in jail because I like. And Ashley, I know you've heard this because you've, or Ash, I know you've heard this because we've talked about it on the Patreon, but like the thing I like about that relationship is Catwoman does like him. She just also likes her fucking space. Mm-hmm. And like the, I like that we're not leading towards like, oh, oh, the woman who says she needs space doesn't want that. But like, no, she does. It's just that also she cares for him in her way, right? Mm hmm. At least that's how I read the relationship. Carly, what's your, <laughs> give me your romance hot take. My romance hot take. I mean, it, that's why I like, I liked the, um, was the Music Meister episode where they break up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, Selena always keeps things so close to the vest that even if she was having a problem with Bruce, she might not talk about it because she just doesn't, she likes yeah. to internalize so much. But then it's just funny to me how they kind of make him clingy because of losing his parents. <laughs> Like he's so clingy. Um, so I like that they kind of established that, you know, there's a bit of a continuation of the storyline where they have their kind of will they, won't they uh, dynamic. But again, it's not like there aren't feelings there. Like you said, Ian, yeah. it's just, they're so different from each other personality wise. And I think it's, it'll be, I'll be curious to see if the show also has the plan to kind of make them a more, I don't know if long-term couple is the right word, but like kind of just establish that the two of them are always going to have the, whatever their weird thing is, regardless of if yeah. they're together or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I oddly, I do like, I feel like I usually don't care about straight couples, but I do kind of like them. And I think it's just, I love Catwoman so much. Oh yeah. She's so good in this show too. I love, she I love her in this is. show. Ugh. I think one thing I was really upset about is that we didn't get like an actual speaking yeah. um, thing from her because Sinai yeah. Lincoln is Catwoman. I don't know who came up with that idea, but genius. Just right. <laughs> great 
job. Great. <laughs> like truly great casting. Um, and like her, I mean, I keep saying this, but her Catwoman really does track with the Catwoman from the animated series because there's a moment in the animated series in my rewatch that like I took a video of it and posted it because I loved it so much. We're like, Batgirl and Catwoman have to team up and Catwoman's hold it's like against this like stupid, like big business guy. And she's holding him over a vat of acid to like shake him down for something. And Batgirl's like, you can't let him go. If you let him go, you're no better than him. And Catwoman says, Oh, grow up and walks away and drops him. And like Batgirl saves the guy, but like this Catwoman would absolutely do that too. And I love that. Like she's always been very anti-hero and that's, you know, like even in the last episode of, of this season when, yeah. um, you know, Batman sees his mother's like necklace. I want to say pearls, but it may have been something else. It might have been diamonds. I think, pearls, I think. But whatever the case may be, and Catwoman steals it for him. Yeah. Because that would be her idea of like showing her appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, you know, I think some of the comics, the reason why their relationship like never works is because like they sometimes write her where like she starts to be good for this guy because you love him. And it's like, right. no, maybe he should embrace his dark side for me. Why is it got to, why yeah. I got to do that? And it's like, she doesn't, it's like, like one of my critiques of like Deadpool, for example, as much mm-hmm. as I do love the movie is that he would be more so like that. You know, it's yeah. like my favorite scene from one of the Deadpool movies is when he finds out a kid is being abused and he immediately kills everyone. He, the kid says is abusing him. It's like, what the fuck am I trying to go through? you know, uh, uh, the right way for like the kid is being hurt. Fuck that. And I feel like that would be me if I was ever given powers, which is why I shouldn't be trusted with them. <laughs> but that's, you know, that in a way is sort of also Catwoman too. It's like what, you know, there's what the fuck is the right way when it comes down to people yeah. who are doing things that are wrong. And, um, but I do love how this show leans into them both showing the way in which they, like their, their language of, they're separate languages of love. And of course, Catwoman's would be uh, getting him gifts in, in, in prison. Even though I personally <laughs> think she would take it a step further and break him out, even if it was just for like a night. I, I guess yeah. maybe we couldn't book Sinai for this, for this episode since um, she has best man streaming right now, but mm. that would have been, that would have been fun. That would have been, I would have loved to have seen that, especially the the contrast to, to, to Ivy and, and Harley. Like that would have been a, interesting um side story to me even though bane's bane's story still did the job but i would have liked to see that yeah i agree with that i that, this sounds stupid but like do we think because i could see a world in which someone's like oh this is tied up too neatly but i i i do think it tracks that ivy is very forgiving when it comes to harley mm-hmm. how like at the end when she's like they do kiss and you know it's it's okay just like listen better did that land for everyone or did that feel like too much like we're wrapping up the plot here i think as much as I've been complaining about, I, I do want them to progress Harley's story mm. to a place where she can be at least a little bit more healed. Like she'll still mm. have trauma related to her past relationship, but just a little bit more healed than she is here. I do believe Ivy and everything that they do is coming in from a place of like understanding in what her last relationship entailed. Yeah. Like getting into those relationships with a complete, you know, with someone who did not know you before y'all were dating can be very tricky because they didn't know you. They didn't witness it. And so they're just coming from a place of, this isn't, you know, normal, like to, to hear that I had a great date and it's still not good enough for you. Like, that's not, that's not how you proceed in these things. Um, and Ivy is, did witness how her going through that. So she is coming with a much uh, higher level of understanding than I think someone else would. So mm-hmm. it did make sense for the sake of their relationship. And as you were saying before, I am happy that they said like, they're not going to break up. So like, you know, as much as 
Ivy's patience is being tested that somehow, some way she is going to like still, she's going to be able to figure out how to make it work with her. Yeah. Um, I hope that's not something that's tested too much in the next season. That's why I kept complaining a bit here. <laughs> um, Cause I'm like, even though I, it kind of obvious how this is going to go, like they're working for different teams, Bat Family versus the League of Evil. And so yeah. eventually they're going to butt heads, which is fine. I just still need it at the end of the day to, to come to some sort of, they, you know, everyone else can break up, but they, they can't. I don't know how they're going to make that work, but that is how the writers have to figure out how to make that work. Yes, I do. I do agree with that. Um, yeah. So Carly, does that, did it like work for you the end? I mean, it kind of, I know I referenced it earlier, but it did kind of remind me of them having the kind of heartwarming talk during the court of owls orgy. Mm. <laughs> where like everything's kind of exploding and there's chaos going around but they still have time they still make time to have a heart to heart and i really liked that ivy finally admitted that the reason that this valentine's day wasn't in her top five was because she had the best valentines with harley already and she didn't like it's interesting because i think you realize that sometimes, and I don't know if this is a product, if they're kind of trying to imply that maybe there's parts of Harley's life that she's bad at remembering because her brain is so scrambled, but mm. how Ivy kind of has to jog Harley's memory about Arkham sometimes, you know, because yeah. before she was Harleen and wasn't manipulated by the Joker and all this other stuff. So it's nice that you kind of have a little bit of a, it's a way for her to gently be like, okay, but remember when this happened, this was actually the best Valentine's that I've ever had. And I don't know what it is. I, I, I wrote this too, but I feel like Lake Bell and Kelly Cuoco are so good in those moments yeah. of just being gentle and soft and vulnerable and loving. And, and it, and it kind of makes up for Harley being crazy because <laughs> they're so good at just being, just tapping into the emotions of the, of those moments. And you really believe in the moment like these are these two women ultimately no matter what they go through still love each other yeah and just kind of need to remind each other of that you know even when things get literally insane <laughs> so <laughs> it did work for me i mean i i can see if, if some people maybe felt like it was like oh it's this that we're gonna neatly tie up the bow but to me it was just so well acted that i yeah. didn't mind i was like oh no this is really sweet <laughs> it is oh. ash yeah i it did work for me i think it makes perfect sense kind of along the lines of what ashley said they've been friends for so long and ivy is very familiar with harley's relationship with the joker and kind of like where she's coming from she knows it's coming from a place of love and uh it just makes sense for her to be a little softer with her on kind of forgiving her but also Ivy's never going to be the one to just like let let it go without saying anything. So I love that she does like call her out on it and be like, you don't listen to me. Like, <laughs> I need you to just try a little bit harder. But knowing that she's not going to leave her, or, like it's not going to affect their relationship in like a huge way. Yeah. So yeah, it just really works for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a thing that I did want to talk about about the ending, I, it caught me off guard because I did think this was so funny. That I was like, oh, wait, am I tearing up? Damn it, I am tearing up. Like, it definitely made me tear up. And I, the thing I do love about Ivy being like, no, remember, like, you saved me is the parallel between, like, Harley didn't, you know, Harley was just the Arkham psychiatrist. She didn't think of it as, like, saving her, helping her. That's just 
Harley is actually a sweet person who just got wrapped up with the Joker, right? Mm -hmm. And like you said, Carly, she can be unhinged. She can be a little crazy sometimes. She has a little scramble brain sometimes. But like in the end, she is sweet and she does like love very hard, right? And to her, she didn't even think about that. And I do like that like she didn't even remember. She probably like didn't really remember that. And that was so important to Ivy because Ivy was like at her lowest and it was the first time someone showed her such kindness. And I, I like the idea of back then Ivy was like lost. And now, I mean, not right now, but like the beginning of this cartoon, Harley was more the lost one and Ivy was mm-hmm. like very confident. So I like a reminder that's like, well, she, the reason she's so patient is because this person has always showed her kindness. Right. And like, we even get in the first season, I think maybe the first or second episode when Ivy's breaking out and she's like, come on, Harley. And Harley's like, I got to wait for Joker. And like, Harley's the only person Ivy's like trying to help. She doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit about any other villains. Um, and I like that. I just, I like the idea of like this very confident, smart, like you looking at Ivy now versus then it's like, she is very confident, smart, knows who she is. But back then she kind of wasn't, you get the impression that she was more lost and not so confident. And I don't know. I just, I I really love the like parallel of that because I think that's like very sweet and actually is pretty fucking romantic. Right. Yeah. They really do bring out the best of each other. Yeah, they really do. Carly, how would you write this romance moving forward? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think I kind of alluded to it at the top of the episode, but I feel like, because they're going to start the show's clearly moving them into different areas with Harley yeah. being part of the Batman and Ivy leaning into doing some villainous stuff. They almost, I would keep it so that they're, they're facing conflict outside of the relationship and maybe dealing with things independently, but then re- leaning on each other as a couple. So making them kind of more steady by comparison to, you know, as a contrast to like maybe some of the dilemmas that they might be dealing with in their different, you know, workplaces, I guess now you could say, right? <laughs> yeah, I I guess when that season, when this season ended, I was like, but how are they going to navigate that? Because that feels like that would be a deal breaker. Like one of us will be a hero, the other will be like a murderous villain. But I am interested to see how they like have them navigate that because I do, I think that would be the best way to go about it. What you just said, Carly, it's like, yes, the work problems are there, but that's their work. And then when they're home, it's like, we're good. We love each other. No worries. Yeah. I would like that. Ashley, what'd you think about the IV reminding her of the best Valentine's day? I thought it was very cute, very romantic. Um, I had a feeling deep down. I was like, I don't see her being all, oh, this random guy, you know, 10, I, I was like, it's going to have something to do with Harley, of course. Mm-hmm. But also it was like, see, this is why I need everything to progress because like this was miscommunication. She was so obsessed with trying to one up something that ended up being herself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so, but I did think it was such a, a cute, I don't want to say meet cute because I guess not, not really, but like it was this real good uh also nod to the fact that this isn't a relationship that like sprung out of, you know, nowhere that right when we first meet them in the first season, you know, Ivy is the one who breaks her out of jail when she's waiting for Joker yeah. to come and save her. And Joker's basically like, you know, figure it out. I'm good. Um, and like, so this, this, the, the reminder that even though they officially got together before uh, this, this, this current season, I guess, that this relationship is one that technically has been in the works, you know, for a while, even when they may not have been conscious of it. 
And yeah, I think, you know, also reminder that uh, Dr. That she's Dr. Harleen Quinzel, even though mm-hmm. it's easy to to forget um, the fact that as much as she thinks uh, Ivy is the one who saved her, that there was a time in her life where she was the one saving Ivy. You know, she just didn't she didn't know it. Yeah. And so I guess that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm like, I, I hope the writing helps us helps to helps to kind of blend that part of Harley with the chaotic good of her all. Yeah. Because there is that part of it. Like, I think that's one of the things I liked about the early season is because she did tap into that part of her. Like that, uh, the, the first season when she kind of takes down Joker by being a psychiatrist to herself and remembering that she had altered all those scenes of her with Joker and, and like and, and realizing that like it was it was his fault. I want us to kind of tapping into that part of, of Harley again, because that is what makes her who she is. Like, yes, the athleticism and the second level like gymnast and all of that is really really cool but it is at the fact that like people her enemies oftentimes underestimate her and the fact that she is a genius yes um, and we don't get that enough out of her um and i think ivy is one of those people who does bring that out of her and they're like purposely not letting her um so that is like what i want to happen next and i will say the reason why i like that scene is because it might be the reminder to harley of like that's the part of you also that I that that Ivy likes, um, and don't let that part of you go because it's it's the reason why you can't, you know, it's the reason why you are you were already her her number one Valentine memory even before you were officially her girlfriend. So yes, I really loved it because I think it's a good transition to their relationship being a lot healthier and her not blowing up half of of Gotham <laughs> to prove how much she she like, <laughs> loves her. <laughs> you know that's. You just pointed out why I think I love this romance. So, because I, I can be a grump, I can be a hard sell on a romance. Um, but I think the thing that I love about their romance so much is that we do know they were close friends beforehand. And like you know, it's a trope. And like friends to lovers is like my favorite trope. That's like a romance That's trope. Me. That, that is does. me. I like because like so much is on the enemy enemies to lover thing lately, and I really hate it because more often than not, it's not like a. I can't stand your personality thing. It's usually a flat out like abusive relationship. And yeah, yeah. for some reason people want to see them get together. And I'm like, no, she should kill him actually. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, I love, I, I much prefer a, a friends to lover thing, which is why I like Harley and, and Ivy so much because yeah. even before, like they don't need to be like, even before they were in a relationship, it was always a, you need me to come through and kill somebody. That's no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll do it before I watch this, uh, the next episode of, of friends. Um, and so <laughs> I, I've always loved that about, and like, if you watch the first season before they're, they're official, even when she's trying to prove herself for the sake of the Joker, who is it that she ends up calling when like, she can't right. get up. It's always Ivy and Ivy's like kind of stick of the, even being a villain thing, but she does it because it's Harley. So it's like, even before the relationship is what it is now, she was always calling on on Ivy and like that is a nod to what they end up becoming. And so I I, I, I loved that they did this, you know, you saw me before, you know, when, but what did Ivy say? She said like, I didn't think like I mattered anymore and you reminded me that I did. Something yeah. along those lines. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and so, and it was like, you didn't have to like, you know, even use the the villain prowess that you have or anything like that to do that all you have to do is show up doing that is why you like no amount of the grand illusions of 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 you know 
I'm going to have her kill a CEO as, as, as entertaining as it was. It's not the wrong, like it didn't give me the romance in a Valentine's Day special that I wanted, but the, you just being there did was what, what did it for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I really do need more of that um, yeah. from the both of them. Cause if I, if you read the comics, that's really what the entertaining aspect of it is. It's like these two, when it gets to that place of two badasses who really just can't, you know, be messed with is like, that's mm. the most entertaining aspect of it. And like, it's hard to get to that point when Ivy is, excuse me, when Harley's doing everything she can to still prove herself. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that kind of sums up how I feel too, Ashley. Yeah. Um, do you know in the comics, are they, they're still together in the comics, right? The last one I read, yes, but I'm in dissertation mode. So I have not picked up a comic in about six months. It's, it's actually pretty sick. Um, <laughs> but the last one I read, yeah, they were, in fact, there was a run that basically was like, very much influenced or even completely based off of the show or at least no. the ones that I oh, that eat bang kill okay because I'm like the ones that I have it's it's of the animation Harley and, mm-hmm. and Ivy on the cover mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure if they just decided to give it a cover or if it was the actual story but I bought it because that's basically all you need to get my money yeah. but it's basically <laughs> the comic for the animated show yeah okay. yeah so I do so like yeah I'm I'm pretty sure um, but that being said, you know, breakups and, and getting back together happens every other day. So right. in the comics yeah. world, but I hope so, cause I'm not trying to read them honestly being, I mean, I don't mind them being single, like for an episode or for a, a, a issue or two, but right. you know, they like to take some civil liberties with that. And I'm not, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm again going to bring up this, but Batman, <laughs> the animated series, like their episodes together are pretty gay. Like they have really good chemistry and it is wild that like that wasn't what they set out to do because like Ivy immediately takes like Harley and is like very like Ivy's very harsh in the cartoon. She's a lot like she is in this, just like less witty, but like she's immediately soft with Harley. And like you don't ever see Poison Ivy being soft with anyone. And like Harley's literally the only character she's like soft with and she allows to like live with her. And it really does feel like are they gonna kid like you know yeah, and yeah, like and she kind of plays the role of the person who can clearly see two people are like in love and it's like so are yes. they able to figure that shit out or am i just gonna have to awkwardly be in the middle which they, they thankfully did with this show like i think wasn't it Catwoman who kind of is like because like well i i know there was an episode this season where harley finds out Catwoman and ivy had like a thing Yes, that's actually during the Court of Owls orgy that Carly was mentioning. Decides to to be a bitch for fun. Like, <laughs> aw, you're insecure about it because, you know, you're, I don't think Harley had completely come to like, like they were together, but she hadn't completely like come to the conclusion of like how deeply she was in love with her. But Catwoman clearly sees it. So of course she's going to have fun with it because why not? And so like even in those, in, in the animated series, like, or honestly, even the comics when they throw uh, uh, Selena in for Gotham City Sirens, it's always this, like, she's stuck in the middle of seeing these two people who don't always want to, like, admit what's going on. And it's like, fuck, can we steal some diamonds so I can be on my way? Because this is... <laughs> I, you know, and, like, I, also in that episode, wait, that episode has the really fucking funny bit of Catwoman is, like, telling Bruce she wants to go. And then it's like, wait a minute, because she's watching them fight. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, actually, never mind, we can stay here. <laughs> I love that. Some snacks. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess we are. Yeah. I don't know if there's, is there anything else? I feel like I wrote down a bunch of lines, but I didn't say them. I'm like, hmm, I think that's I, it. I will just say, I really appreciated that they actually showed Harley and Ivy having sex. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did they do that with the what, what episode? The first time. Is that the last time we saw them actually have sex? 
I think so. Like when she was supposed to be getting ready to marry um, the kite, kite man. Yeah, yeah. And when she was, yeah, and like then they have the affair. Is that was was that the last time we ever saw them have sex? I think so. Yeah. And then the one that uh, gets broadcast by all oh, over right. Gotham that one time. Oh right, right. But that's, that was kind of like you know a little gross or whatever. And then they do the fake out with the porn actresses. Uh, <laughs> 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 but I think this was the first time that, yeah, I mean, because they kind of did a cutaway when they were in Themyscira for her bachelorette party. Like they just woke up and yeah. they woke up in bed together, but we didn't actually see them hooking up. Got it. And then, so this, I think, was the first time that we've seen them at home, like <laughs> boning. Like, you know, yeah. Because I was thinking, like, you know, the thing about that is, I want to see, like, how does that look? when you have powers or when you like have these special abilities. Yeah. You know, like Harley Quinn's a fucking gymnast. Like that's gotta be interesting in bed. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) watching, watching Ivy use her vines to like move Mm -hmm. them from the living room to the bedroom. Like that's one thing the boys does, even though it's really gross because it's always the villains. But, (laughs) but yeah, it's like, let let us see that because you know, Marvel's never going to. So if you don't give it to us, how am I supposed (laughs) to know what that looks like when superheroes do it? Like you're telling, you know, like, yeah. You're telling me Catwoman doesn't use her whip in bed? How am I supposed <laughs> to, how are we supposed to you have to show that? To us? Well then it was like and it doubled. It was great because the vines and the flowers and everything doubled as a way to censor it. So it wasn't yeah. too <laughs> X-rated. Yeah. Like I thought I just thought it was a really fun, clever way of, you know, showing them showing them get 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 on and then, you know, you don't and then it's without it being right without it being too risque for yeah. <laughs> even for for uh, HBO. Yeah, no, I did like that and I I did a lot of things I've had to witness on Game of Thrones. They <laughs> they should they should be willing to <laughs> there there should be no limit. <laughs> I was about to say, aren't like family members fucking on Game of Thrones? Like, right, like <laughs> God, what a wild sentence I just said. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess we're at the end. Um, I guess we'll just do favorite scene. Um, Carly, what was your favorite scene? Oh boy, um, I probably the scene where Ivy tells Harley about what her actual favorite Valentine's was. Just because it was okay, wait. precious. I'm also going to add something that I know I don't normally do, but I feel like it's worth it here. Is like, what was, what did you think was the funniest? Uh-huh. Uh, oh my gosh. Probably Bane with the dominatrix. Probably Bane, <laughs> Bane and Betty, like, and hit, and her trying to get him to degrade the guy. And he, and he didn't know how to do it. <laughs> uh, Ashley, same question, favorite scene and then funniest scene. Huh. I know I switched it up on y'all last minute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Favorite scene. I mean, I hate, I guess on, it might also just because now my mind is on it, but yeah, I guess it was the sex scene. What does that say about yeah, me? <laughs> it's great. That's a great scene though. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would be the favorite. Um, the funniest. <laughs> I mean, I'm such a fucked up person. <laughs> <laughs> like I actually would have to say, like them having a, a normal fucking date and then a guy gets shot in the fucking head. <laughs> and we just like move completely past that. And I'm like, you could tell from the jump that it was something being orchestrated because like who the fuck in got like all the things that people are still in Gotham, why would they go after a, a recipe? Right, yeah. But it's like, are we gonna pass the fact that an innocent waiter got shot in the head? Like we're just gonna we're gonna move on? Okay, so it's not funny, haha, but funny. Like, I mean, it is funny, haha, to me too. But it's like, like I guess it just—it's very yeah, yeah. Part with the with the ridiculousness that is uh, the show. 
<laughs> I want to know if the the chef had to like pick somebody to sacrifice because like clearly he was in on all of the planning of this. <laughs> yeah, so like honestly, even Ivy just tearing up the car to, like. I think one of the henchmen died too. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> like why? Like I think the evil CEO oilman should have been the only one to die here, and that there's at least four or five casualties. <laughs> yes. Um, Ash. Okay, I know that this is a Harlevy like Valentine's Day special, but my favorite scene was the Dom scene with Betty and Bane, <laughs> and I hope we get more Betty. I love her. I love seeing that body type yeah yeah like she's got thick thighs and i'm here for that yeah yeah. and i also love just like her confidence and like <laughs> how she just like doesn't she, she goes home he clearly never shows up but then she's like i see him i saw you like fucking down the skyline and was like no way wayne tower that's my man and like went <laughs> after him so like i just loved all the betty stuff yeah and the funniest for me was probably like bane's insecurity over his penis size and like <laughs> him not seeing that you can't use the <laughs> potion when you're on hgh and like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and him like panicking after he's like you'll see how long i am and then she drives away and he's like shit 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 <laughs> so like this is like flirtatious line too like yeah he didn't mean it that way but i would have been excited as shit on my way home like all right <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. All the Bane in this episode was just so good. Ash- Ashley, you are right. You brought up, I forgot to, that's a quote that I wrote down. When Bane says, do not take if, do not use if taking HGH, and he yells, well, that is a fuck to the face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that got me every time. It's like the wording on that, that makes it so funny. <laughs> yeah, and how he like screams it as he's starting to swell. He's like, well, that's a fuck to the face. And I love that like when, um, when the guy like hands it to him, he's like, Oh my God, take my money. Like <laughs> Bane just, yeah. Bane is always fucking funny. Um, I think my favorite scene is the end of Ivy reminding Harley. Cause I, it caught me off guard that I was not that it's mm-hmm. not that it's, uh, out of the ordinary for Ian to cry at something. It just, I didn't <laughs> expect to. So it caught me off guard. Um, and I thought it was like a genuinely sweet beat. Um, I think for me, the funniest is, I, I gotta say, it's what is horny if not love persevering. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. And like tracks that Clayface would like make all these TV references and like the Vampire Diaries is what like amped him to like get up and fight Bane. And then like him quoting Wanda. I just, I just fucking love that. Um, and I think, yeah, I think uh, what grade do we give this special Ashley? B plus. Carly? Uh, I gave it this in my review, so I said A minus. Ash? Yeah, I gave it an A. I give it an A too, yeah. I, I, three was a little rocky for me, so I was a little like, "Mm, am I going to love this? But then I, I thought this was like really enjoyable. I watched it to take notes this afternoon, but it was my third time watching it because I, I don't know, I think it's like a fun, like, it's also a very nice thing to like background while you're cleaning or like if you're stoned and just like on your computer. Works very well. Uh, thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening. If you want to hear us talk Harley Quinn more, all the rest of our Harley Quinn coverage is over on SlayerFest 98's Patreon. Um, we are like a few episodes into season three. 
And that's where all of the Harley Quinn coverage will live, even whatever net comes next. And uh, any, if you want to subscribe, any and all support is much appreciated. If you want to follow SlayerFest98, you can find us on all podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can find us on social at SlayerFestX98. And uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at Carlos on all social media platforms. Carly, where can everyone find you and your writing? Uh, you can find most of my writing on Collider. I just published a book uh, last week. <laughs> so Ooh. if you're interested in a Bridgerton-inspired advice book, um, which was hmm. kind of a whirlwind to write, uh, you can check out. <laughs> it's called Regency Guide to Modern Life. Um, it's basically available in e-print audio at any retailer you can think of. If Twitter's still working, you can find me there at my name, Carly Lane. That's pretty much the only social platform I'm on consistently. I am on Instagram at Carly Lane Perry, but I mostly just stalk people. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, where can everyone find you? Uh, Ashley K. Smalls, basically on every social media platform. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I'm mostly just there because my friends refuse to text me so that (laughs) I have to keep DMing them. Um, But yeah, it's hell. So I mean, for as long as it's still running, Um, but I'm more active on TikTok. So, you know, feel free to go over there. What other the relevant social media platforms? Oh yeah, I do have like still the Marvel fans assemble Twitter community. So as long as Twitter's running, if you are also a fan of Marvel and want to join, feel free to shoot me a message and I will accept your uh, request. And Ash, where can everyone find you and your podcast? Um, you can find me on Twitter at MythTaken314 or on Instagram at Cause I'm Feeling Fine with no G. Um, you can listen to me talk about Heartstopper, the series, the uh, graphic novels, and Alice Osman's other works um, at Why Are We Cast on all social media platforms, or you can listen to Why Are We Like This on any uh, podcast platform and also on YouTube. Nice. Um, Well, we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.